Hello, hello, hello. I am your Gregory Gordet, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. goosebumps. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the mostest, Munoz, and oh, 42 almost killed me. As you all know, or if you didn't know out there, last week was my birthday. My best friend was in town from San Francisco. You may have heard him on this podcast before. And, you know, he was on vacation. I was not, but we were partying all week like I was 22, not 42. And... Um, I made it to the other side. Hello from the other side without sciatica, but <laughs> shout out to you, Adele, um, and hope you're on the mend. And um, I've made it to the other side and it is, it's good. I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. It was such a blessing to have so many great meals with so many great friends last week. Um, that's all I wanted for my birthday. I didn't want anything major. I didn't want any major party or anything like that. Just really beautiful, intimate meals with the people closest to me. And that's what I got. So um, yeah, it was really, really, really good. Shout out to people, to the folks at Longo Brothers here in the city, to Legacy Records, to Olio Ipu. Where else did I go to eat dinner? And anywhere else that took very, very good care of us uh, during my bir- during my birthday. Break Bar. Do you know out there that there's a bar here in New York called Break Bar where you, you can have a drink and then once you finish the drink, you can throw a glass against the wall? It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Straight people, y'all. Straight people. All right. I need to get to the getting on because I'm really excited for today's guest. But before I do that, really important news. Um, I'm taking myself to Thailand for my birthday, which means I leave this Thursday, as in tomorrow. So, um, folks, you're going to be without a podcast for a couple of weeks for the first time, for the first time in forever. Um, 
I'm going to leave you alone. I didn't, I tried to like pull it together, but you know, I like to keep it current. People weren't available and I didn't want to give you crappy content. So, and I need a break, y'all. I need a break and that's okay. That's okay to do. <laughs> so I'm allowing myself that break, but I will be back at the end of January. New apps. I think it's going to be two weeks without an episode, but you'll miss me and then we'll be back at it. All right. All right. So without further ado, right, because I'm so excited for today's very, very joyous and beautiful guest. You probably already know who she is because she is really famous on the TikTok. So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only Sarah Moyes. Say hi. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Hi, Chef. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Oh, my God. I am so happy to have you and your beautiful energy here with me today to celebrate the week after my birthday and my departure from the Americas. <laughs> yes. Happy belated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope your trip goes well. Thailand is really fun. I've never been. So you got to yes. give me all the tips and tricks. The food, honey. eat. Eat as much as possible. Oh, the yeah. food is just so, so good. Oh, yeah. I am ready. Like, you know what? I started this new year. I, I don't really do resolutions. I just like try to make better of myself. So I got back on the treadmill and I was going on the treadmill. And the minute my best friend landed, that was the end of the treadmill. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely hard to keep up with those resolutions. But Thailand is definitely the place to keep up with all the, especially the street food. The street food, just walk, just pick a street. I was in Phuket. Just walking down, there's so many good eats. So you're going to have a, a blast and forget. Come back to the treadmill afterwards because. Yeah. You know what? And dad bods are in, you know, so it is. I'm, it is. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I love myself. I just would like my clothes to fit a little bit. Yeah, I've been walking the mom bod for years. So. Yeah. So like, I'm good. I don't need abs. I've had them. I'm. Peace out, comes down. <laughs> I don't need them. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, listen, before we get anywhere, I got to do what I got to do. And in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth, I need to wish you happy National Hot Toddy Day. Oh, yes. That's a cute one. Hot toddy. It is a cute one. Yeah. Usually you don't see hot toddies too often. You know what? They're making a comeback, I think, with the with the dawn of all these like bespoke cocktail bars that are mm-hmm. everywhere now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's happening out by you in like near the Poconos. Yeah, no, not so much. Right. But like in and I think in the big cities, like these little like are can we even call them hipster anymore? But these little like really like cr- Craft, craft artisanal they're going back artisanal, to that word artisanal yes. right uh, cocktail bars and no shade to all the mixologists out there I appreciate a good cocktail yeah um, yeah but like yeah like I, I really feel like they're making a comeback I actually when I went to see my brother over Christmas he dropped me off at the train station in Queens and we usually have like a beer because he doesn't really drink uh like that's his limit is one and when walked into this like Irish pub and there was a man having a hot toddy. Huh. I just remembered that. Yeah. Hmm. That's nice. It's a perfect drink for this type of weather. So more yeah. people should be having it. Yeah. And if you are visiting New York or live in New York City, uh, I live around the block from the infamous uh, top five oldest restaurants in the city, Sardi's, right? Big Broadway famous restaurant. If you go upstairs to the Actors Bar... Uh, all those bartenders there will make you all the classic cocktails, hot buttered rum, hot toddies, 
whatever you need, wherever you need it. I, I love this day. Well, you're in luck, Chef, because it's also happy. I need to wish you also happy National Milk Day. Milk. Okay. I did not know that at all. <laughs> I didn't make this up. These are legit. How do we celebrate National Milk Day? By uh, taking lactose digestive and um, <laughs> drinking uh, drinking milk alternatives. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I'm not sure who's just like downing raw milk anymore. But I mean, I can't. I love cheese so much. So without without milk, can't have cheese. So I guess we're celebrating cheese as well. Yeah, but I, there is a cheese day. I know there has to be a cheese there day. There is. A, there's definitely a cheese day, and I think the milk people would be really mad that you're like kind of trying to step on their oh. like <laughs> holiday. You know. <laughs> They, they, you are like, you're an anti-milker. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those people who will take almond milk in their coffee, but still put whipped cream on it. Like, uh, what is like? Why do I do that? I don't. <laughs> oh my god, have you cream doesn't count. It doesn't. Have you discovered the coconut whipped cream from Trader Joe's? No. Oh my god, no. the calories are like zilch, and it's oh. delicious. Oh man, I don't even think I've ever been to Trader Joe's really. All right, and I well, know I hate to say that because people are just like obsessed with that store for sure. You know what? I'm not mad at you. Trader Joe's serves a very specific purpose. Yeah. I is it groceries? Yeah. Is it groceries or is it really like a, a very elevated snack shop? Um, I think it's both. I think you really can stretch a dollar there if you're oh. smart. And for things like their version, their like coconut whipped cream or their like, I just did a, I just catered out a party for someone. Right. They just wanted help. I wasn't being paid. I mean, I was being paid, but it's a long story. Anyways, <laughs> they they needed some help. I helped them out. And I was like, y'all, let me tell you something. I have catered. I have catered, waited like the fanciest of parties. Right. With the richest of people. And I go, they don't. They, yeah, sure. Some people want the caviar and the bellinis. But you know what they really want? They want the quiche and the pigs in a blanket. Pigs in a blanket. Yeah. I'm telling you, I have had some of the wealthiest people in the wealthiest of gowns mm -hmm. right? chase me down for a pig in a blanket. Oh, yes. So Trader Joe's is really great for like those sort of things, too. Um, and their versions because they're they're quiche delicious, you know. <laughs> OK, that gives me a sense of to go there. Yeah, no. But so there's there's really if you know what you're going to get and like it's. It's really good. I, I'm a fan, but this is not a Trader Joe's podcast. No, we, 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 we love we love to go down a side road. We we love to take the long way around some of these national holidays. And let me tell you, no matter if you celebrate National Hot Toddy Day or National Milk Day, because apparently you and I can talk all day about this. Yes, <laughs> we celebrate you. And moving right along into this day in gay history, Chef, did you know that in 1973, an American family a documentary series focusing on the Loud family of Santa Barbara, California, premieres on PBS. Not only does it presage the era of reality TV, son Lance Loud comes out publicly on the show, characterizing himself as homo of the year. It's 73? 73. That is, that's impressive. Reality TV and gay people, right? Wow. PBS, PBS ran so the housewives could walk. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good fact. I had no idea. Right? Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, you know what? Shout out to uh, PBS for 
for doing the work. But Seriously. I want to I get to the getting on. And in your mouth, listeners, if you didn't know, but you probably already do... Theo Moise was born and raised in Haiti, and her Haitian heritage inspired a lifelong love affair with food that culminated in the creation of Manger with Moise LLC and subsequently Ford All the Time Charcuterie. Moise, who got her BA in international studies, has traveled all around the globe and visited every continent in pursuit of new flavor inspiration. Her palate is international, and she is passionate about learning the history and and culture behind each cuisine she encounters. Every other year, she travels to Morocco to replenish her stock of authentic spices. She doesn't believe in taking shortcuts when it comes to flavor. Her specialties include fusion dishes, tagine cooking, Haitian cuisine, Cajun and Creole cuisine, and more. Moise's passions include supporting her fellow members of the LGBTQ community, hosting intimate dinner parties, and inventing brand new recipes using her favorite locally sourced ingredients. She is continually inspired by women around the world who cook each day to feed their families while still making delicious, incredible food. When she's not hosting cooking classes or serving up gourmet creations, you can catch her eating Castleville's I can never say this word. <laughs> Castel uh, Vetrano, those those good <laughs> those olives, good straight olives. out of those good <laughs> olives, straight out of the jar, and and planning her next adventure. <laughs> I can never uh, say yeah, that word. Yeah, I mean, I was proud of you for pronouncing charcuterie. So, <laughs> right, I, listen, I really almost said charcuterie because I love a charcuterie board, honey. <laughs> I love it. And I'll say it uh, a million more times uh, as we go along on the pod. But first and foremost, thank you so much for being here. Thank I'm you. so honored that you've given me of your time today. I want to start with, because I love your TikTok, and I actually found it through my lesbian food wife. Shout out to Chanley Borges of Gays Gotta Eat. Oh. She was like, have you, have you discovered Chef Moise? Uh, I think she'd be amazing on the pod. So, um, and then I deep dove. Where does all the joy come from? Um, uh, <laughs> I've never been asked that. I think it comes from the fact that um, I really just genuinely love what I'm doing. Like, there's really no other reason besides this is really what I wanted to do. And I'm so happy I get to do it every day. And like, I never get bored of it or sick of it or annoyed or, and I like, I don't get burned out from it. You know, like running a business is hard, but the creation of food, you just never stops because you always get to eat it afterwards. So it's like dopamine hit after dopamine hit. <laughs> amen. Amen. You know, I've been feeling the burnout lately because I've uh, I was just talking about it, about taking a break from the pod for a couple of weeks. Right. Because I'm going away and, you know, I have my day job and then I have, you know, keeping up with the Instagram and keeping up with the podcast. And, you know, like, oh, my God, what was me? Like, yeah. yeah. Like first world problems. <laughs> but like, no, like that's a serious like this never ending cycle of creating and creating. Yeah. And creating, putting out, creating, putting out. Yeah. You know, and listen, uh, your girl loves to put out, but <laughs> everyone needs a break, yes. okay? <laughs> do you think, do you think with, with creators like you who are so popular on the TikToks, the Instagrams and wherever else, do you think that this, your success is, is because of like the joy you put out or like what is the key to that success? I think the number one key to that success is um, the consistency. 
I think you can, if you are doing something and people see your joy, that's great. But can you exhibit that joy every single day? Like, on a, even multiple times a day. Sometimes you can't. People will will see you're disingenuous. But if you really love what you're doing, then it's not really work. I don't really have to fake that that smile that I I put out when I'm doing the creations that I do. So I think if you really genuinely love it, not just oh well this makes me good money or or this is gonna make me popular, but like no, this brings me so much joy. If there's not a camera in the room, I still would be this happy. Amen. Amen. This is sometimes my problem with the the phone and the social media mm. is that, you know, a lot of people preach um, quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. And I have a really hard time putting something like dumb out. Mm-hmm. Like normally, not, and I put a lot of dumb things out because, but the, 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 the silly things I put out or the fun things I put out is because it's actually me wanting to do that. And like, I'm having the best time. Right, right, right. But, but we all know those creators out there who will just turn on the camera and, and like... Oh, well, completion is better than perfection. That's real hard. If you're a perfectionist and you're like, oh, well, this needs to be great. Trust me, mediocre but consistent will be better than one-hit wonders all day, every day. And that applies to pretty much anything in life. So is that a positive? Ugh. Yes, I'm going to say it's a positive. It's a positive Wait, because so- me, it's exhausting to be excellent every single day. It really is. And if you're a perfectionist, ah. you need to be perfect. But, you know, getting it done is so much better than having it be perfect. Interesting. That's a, you know what? I'm going to take that with yeah, me. Yeah, put it in your pocket. My, yep. And put that in my pocket, honey. <laughs> you know, I'm going to put that, you know, just in my bra strap. Right here. <laughs> Because, you know, you could look at that, you could look at that sideways too, you know what, like, um, in the sense of, well, if I'm just completing it to completing it, then it's just like, well, what's the point, you know? The point is, is that there's not that many people even attempting it. So the fact that you completed it is uh, very big. True. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Come through. Come through. January inspiration. Oh, yes. Week two. Yes. Get them twenty twenty three goals. <laughs> oh my God. Twenty twenty three. Right. I did just say. say Isn't it crazy to say? Yeah. It really, really is. I was. Uh, I was on TikTok. They said nineteen ninety three was officially thirty years ago. I said, "Don't you mean twenty years ago? Why y'all lying? There's no way it was thirty years ago. Like what? It sure is always. <laughs> it sure is always. I was there. Right." You know, watching the Jetsons. The Jetsons. What? Well, you're not 30. Time. What are you talking about? I'm 42. Ah. <laughs> I just turned 42. <laughs> Never oh, a wrinkle yeah. to be found. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> oh my goodness. Where does the love of cooking come from? Um. So for um a while, I was um a vegan. Okay. And um, uh, as a Haitian person turning vegan, there was literally nothing I could eat. Nope. Tell you right now. Nothing I could eat. Nothing. All the fish. <laughs> all the goat. All the pork. All the all rice the has has some kind of meat in it. The the pasta dishes. It, unless it was specifically salad, <laughs> it was it was gonna have some kind of meat in it. So, um, being um a vegan vegetarian, I was like, okay, I still want to eat delicious, flavorful, you know, dynamic food like I'm used to, but I just can't do the meat. 
Um, so I really just started learning everything I possibly could to make my food delicious as a vegan vegetarian. And then I just started to discover like cooking is not just sustaining like, oh, you need to eat, you need to cook. No, there's a whole creation to it. And I just fell in love with the fact that like my food was never boring and I had to go the extra mile to make it delicious because it, it was going to be vegan and it was never going to be a salad. I'm, you're not going to catch me eating a salad. So I needed to make sure it was delicious. And that's really what started it. Like, you know, just um, making sure that um, everything that I wanted to do had the flavor profile I wanted. Um, and then I started realizing that a lot of people didn't care about flavor as much as I did. I think I care so much about flavor and so much about the the different notes of flavor. Um, so yeah, that really kind of just sparked me. Like, no, I'm gonna do this now. Like, this is what I do now. <laughs> and you and, and you stopped being vegan vegetarian. Yeah. So it turns out because you know good old therapy, I was a vegan because of orthorexia. Like, I totally was never even into like the it, the like the sustainability of being vegan. It was totally orthorexia. Um, orthorexia is an unhealthy focus on eating in a healthy way. Eating nutritious food is good, but if you have orthorexia, you obsess about it to a degree that can damage your overall well-being. I just learned something. Yeah, you know, a lot of people just, it's very easy to kind of say, oh, well, they're healthy, so I'm not going to think that it's an eating disorder. But the obsession um, can be very detrimental to your health. And I had it for seven years. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh, right? I didn't even know. I honestly, I didn't even, I... I literally didn't even know until like I really got into therapy, really started becoming like, who are you if you do not eat this way? And I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) So, yeah, it's not I mean, eating healthy is important. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely important. But the obsession, the OCD, the 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 depression that comes from not doing it, um, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like. Yeah, you just brought me to like we are on a carpet yeah. girl, and I'm sa- and you're singing oh new <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I am your princess Jasmine, yes, honey. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, incredible. You said Haitian vegan, and there was none out there. And I remember there was it during the pandemic, even though we're still kind of there. Um, that like this Haitian vegan restaurant in New York, like, really blew up. Oh, my gosh. And I thought it was, I don't remember. I'm looking right now, and there's a one that comes up on top, La Cou Cafe, but oh, I can't, La, I don't. La Cou Cafe, I, okay, cool. I don't know if that was it, you know, because you can pay to be on top of. Google yeah, Google, for sure. I didn't realize that they right? were a vegan spot. Yes, it was uh, like this big news story, and the line was like around the block. Nice, nice, because Haitian right? food is delicious. It's just, yeah. it's not just it's mm-hmm. vegan. It's a whole another thing, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love this. I want to talk to you all. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> 
Listen, before we cut out to the break, I need to ask you, because it's important, as we never know uh, who is listening and who we can affect, about um, coming out. Yes. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing your coming out story with us. Oh, uh, well, grab a tissue box. Because it's... (laughs) Yes. So um, coming out was like so hard. Like, tragic, honestly. It was honestly pretty tragic. Like, I should probably write a novel about it. Um, but I, I grew up in, like, an intensely, like, abusive, homophobic environment. Like, before I even came out, that was that was the groundworks of, like, this is pretty much the worst possible thing you can do. Like, it is next to all other crimes that people go to jail for life for. Like, that's, that's how I was brought up. And doing that pretty much meant you were not worthy of like love, respect, or any accolades. So that was just, that was just like all of my like adolescence, preteen and teenage years, right? And then um, later on in my teenage years, I had already know, like, I, I knew what I wanted. I was, I was very secure. I had already like kind of done things and I just felt like, okay, I'm, I like, I want to come out. I want like like, this is what I want. I want the world to know that. Um, and I think I might have been in my teenage years and I like did a soft coming out. And um, I told very little people, but it was just kind of like, I'm not sure if I want something, but this is kind of what I think I'm going towards. And I was met with just like, well, if you do this, you will be abandoned. You will not be taken care of. You will not be sustained. You know, the whole works. And it just scared me to becoming a complete, like, just completely just shut me inside. Um, and then when I was around 17, um, I, um, 17, 18, I came out to um, some friends and also a female um, partner that I was with. And it was... I felt very happy about that, but I kept it a secret for years and years and years and years. And it wasn't until I was, I think, 20, I think, yeah, 20 or 21. Um, I, I think I was just stupidly making social posts about it at this point because I had already been in college. Most of my friends were very accepting. And most of the world I had realized was actually didn't hate me and didn't want to abandon me. Actually, most of the world didn't care. Actually, the only person that seemed to care was my family environment. And I was always confused as to where this hatred came from. So I would just started putting it on my social media. I started just living my life um, and um, doing a break from college. Um, I came I went back to, you know, my parents, as most college kids do. And um, uh, my um, my mother had heard a rumor about me that I had had a girlfriend and I had been. Uh, kissing her in public or something. It was something that I was, some PDA I was doing with my girlfriend in public and she just like barges into my room and she's like, say it's not so, say it isn't so. Like I heard, I heard this and third and I was just like, oh, you know what? We're doing this. We're doing this. Yes, it is so. That's the case. And uh, this is the, the, the woman that I've been with pretty much for like a really long time. Like I've, I've, I've been feeling this way for a long time. Like I just was, I, and I was doing everything to explain it, to explain myself out of it. Like, like, I'm sorry that I feel this way, like just ashamed and just automatically. But then I kind of felt like I'm older now. Like, what are you going to do? But that wasn't the end of it. It ended up becoming pretty much the worst week of my life. And I'm not going to go into too much details, but she pretty much, um, my mother decided to stage an intervention where she got 
um, every what she possibly could and like got me um, and like held me against my will and try to get everybody to like give me their opinion as to why I need to not be gay or need to not be homosexual. And the, the opinions were all over the place. The opinions were all the way from, you know, uh, religious, you're never going to be able to have kids. It's not the right way. All the way to, what well, you can do it. Can you just keep it a secret but still marry a man? All the way to society is not going to respect you. You're already black. How can you add homosexuality to it? All of it. All of the works, all of the, you're, you're terrible, every single possible thing. Um, and each one of them shared their opinion and each one of them was like, this is just like the worst thing you've ever done. This is the worst thing anybody has ever done. And I remember I, and this was obviously like 10 years ago now, but I remember the pain that I felt because at this point, so much of the world had already known that I was out. I'm talking about all of my college, all of my friends. I had already started traveling the world and people knowing I had already had very intimate relationships with women at this point. I was receiving no hatred from the world because of this. But as soon as I came back home, I received so much hatred. I just was like, I just was like, you know what? No, like you, there's no way that I can have experienced this much level of freedom. And now I'm coming back and you guys are like, no, back in the box you go back. You were back to being, you know, repressed, back to feeling hatred, back to feeling shame, back to comparing you to the worst acts that a human can possibly do you know? And I just remember feeling so entirely detached from them because it was the first time, even though it was, I was like crying, hysterical, the cops were called. It was so horrible. I remember just thinking, I've never felt this hatred from anywhere else in the world. I've been, I've literally been, I think at this point I had lived in India, which is like so intensely, you know, has so many, so many different um, social political situations. But at this point, I had lived so many places around the world that I've never felt so much hatred than my own, my own flesh and blood. And I said, so what was the key to uh, coming through? Oh, uh, complete detachment. And just knowing that um, I've never known one of them to have a very happy, sustainable um, relationship that they were proud of. And I no longer, from that moment, I just decided that shame was not going to be in my vocabulary. Like shame was not going to be a thing that I felt because the only time I ever felt it was with these people. And I don't, I just don't, I don't, I just don't have to do it anymore. Like I just, I don't have to do that anymore. And, um, I did it and, um, completely detached from them and moved to New Zealand. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that was a little bit manic. I I I, I agree. It was a little manic. New Zealand is gorgeous. <laughs> it was beautiful. I had a great time, and I was there with my wife, and uh, was living yeah. was living yeah, yeah, my yeah. life. First and foremost, I need to thank you for opening up and being so vulnerable with me, and like letting me not only deciding to tell that story, but letting me hold it for you. Thank as you. Well. Thank you for right. giving me the um, space. It's um it's very very honored. Secondly, you know, over the holidays we were um and whatnot, um I try to do the best of all work or the best of what I can do in giving back. And you know, we were talking a lot about um teenage homelessness and uh, LGBTQ youth just being like out on the street because of situations much like yours, right? Um, through the Ali Forney Center and the work I was doing with them. And so it's really important to hear these stories, you know, and we don't qualify. We don't qualify uh, coming out stories here on the pod as good or bad. It's like your experience and it's your story and it's yours to tell for sure. 
Um, and and yeah, it's it's also really beautiful to see the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? The whatever you want to call it, the it gets better, the the whatever. Because look at you now, look at you shine now, look at you on, <laughs> look at you. If you just, I don't know you, and just breezing through your TikTok, I'm like, oh, I love this person. <laughs> I know exactly who this person is. You know, like okay, you know. So it's it's really wonderful to see the joy that you've encompassed after coming out of all of this. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So many, um, since I've started my TikTok too, so many young um, Haitians and um, Haitian Americans have um, messaged me. Um, I don't know, I guess maybe secretly, but they've messaged me saying like, you know, I'm not comfortable coming out. I'm not comfortable exhibiting myself. I'm not comfortable. And some of them are like in their 30s and 40s. You know, they're like, I'm just not comfortable letting my Haitian culture, Haitian community know that this is who I am. But when I see you, I feel that much closer to maybe doing that. And, you know, I don't always answer all of them, but when I do, the number one thing I say is for one, you don't have to profess your sexuality to anybody, even if you are or if you're not. You do not have to just profess that and confess that and give everyone, you know, that part of you. You do not have to, especially if it's going to come to at the, at the issue of your safety or your mental health. Not everyone has to know that part of you. But at the same time, you have to live your truth. Just not everyone has to see that. Mm -hmm. And I know that might come across as maybe leaving secretly or whatever you need to do. But your safety is important. And I know I wasn't always safe. I waited until I was well into I had you know I had a job I was I, I was not living I was not dependent you know so much versus in my teenage years if I had come out I really don't know that I would have been supported through college or been supported through the upbringing of turning into an adult I think I, I don't know if I would have had their yeah. support so I had to be very secretive yeah it's also important I think that just because a culture that you come from isn't necessarily accepting. It's not the culture. The people. It's the people. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Right? Because, I mean, I do these uh, This Day in Gay Histories all the time. Like, we've been yeah. here. Yeah. We've been here. Yeah. I mean, I've, I have deep dove, like, more than decades ago, like centuries ago into history of us being yeah, here, yeah. you know? Michael Twitty was on the podcast now years ago, but, like, gave us all the history about us being here. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> being here, being there, being everywhere. So, you know, um, it's important to hear. And I love that. I want to leave that right there. And I think you and I need to take a break, go pour a little bit of a cocktail. <laughs> or, no, wait, I feel like we should be doing dry January. <laughs> All right, so we're going to pour ourselves a mocktail <laughs> in support of all you out there doing Dry January. And we're going to be back with my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. 
That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, Chef, I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Updates. Food News. Uh, food news. <laughs> Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. Someone just broke the record for eating at the most Michelin-starred restaurants in one day. One day? Oh, how much did that cost you, them? Oh, <laughs> good question. Can can you guess how many restaurants they ate at first? Oh, my gosh. Um, now, you have to think Michelin, Michelin star yeah, restaurants. So, oh, my God. Um, I'm going to say nine. Well, the answer is 18. 18? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 18. So Eric Finkelstein, or maybe Finkelstein, uh, as he just set a new Guinness World Record for eating at the most Michelin-starred restaurants during a 24-hour period, 18 in a single day. Wow. Where was this? In New wow, York well, of course, that's where you have the most Michelin restaurants, because where else would you have that many? Yeah. Oh, my God. How much was that? Like Finkels, Finkelstein spent several months re- reaching out to over 80 Michelin star restaurants scattered throughout New York City's five boroughs to stack as many reservations as possible in a single day. He only heard back from 10 of them. And by the time he had, he had made reservations, four of them were no longer eligible after losing their Michelin stars. That led to another flurry of calls and emails, and he eventually put together an 18-restaurant itinerary on his day of eating, October 26, 2022. That is crazy. He spent something like... $494 and ate around 5,000 calories. Wait, only $400? $494 on the day, not including tax or the 30% tips he left for at each location. My, for one day? Wow. $500 wow. for a day. I mean, that's not that bad, actually, because I've definitely spent that at like one, one restaurant at one meal. Yes. One restaurant. So you're eating at Michelin 18. Michelin at that. So, he started at Aquavit with a four-ounce bowl of Lincolnberries for fifteen dollars. Wow, fifteen dollars <laughs> Lincolnberries. Then he went to then he went to Batard for beef tartare and garlic toast for twenty-eight bucks. Delicious. Casamono for flake crudo with spicy cumer, cucumbers and calamansi, also delicious. Twenty-one dollars. Caviar russe for one teaspoon of Pacific sturgeon caviar with creme fraiche and bellini. 25 bucks. He went to Cote for four ounces of filet mignon with scallion and carrot side slaw for 34 bucks. Francie for duck mortadella atop brioche with, with pistachio mustard. Mmm. 15 bucks. Gram, Gramercy's Tavern for duck liver mousse with pickled vegetables and plum oh accompaniment. My. 21 bucks. <laughs> Young Sick for octopus with goju changaoli. $30. Also sounds so good. Le Cucu for Yellowfin tuna a la Portuguese, 26 bucks. Le Pavilion grilled avocado uh, with acorn, ber- einkorn berries and charred kale for 36. Momofuko Co for 
Cold fried chicken drumstick for $7. How do you cold fry something? That's a question. Uh, the modern uh, Prince of Edward Island oysters with kumquat mignonette and charred lime for 26 bucks. The musket room for more caviar service with creme fraiche, egg confit, and milk bread. Noda for chawanmushi with uni and caviar for 30 bucks. Oiji mi for beef tartare and toasted brioche. He had a lot of beef. Oh he had a my lot of, goodness. He had a like, lot of weird things. Yes. Red paper clip for everything brioche topped with cured trout, salmon caviar, and miso yolk. Tuome for grilled scallops with grapefruit calamansi and chrysanthemums for 26 And lastly, ended at Vestry for smoked trout with butternut squash and maple for 14 Wow. Those prices are honestly surprising. They're not that bad. He had, I mean, a lot, a lot of, of appetizers, it seems. Starters. Yeah, well, he had, uh, to get it done, he had to go for, like, the smallest And had to go pretty dish. even pretty fast. Yeah. Yes, and quickest foods. Like, he, I, I'm sure he, like, put it put it out to I wonder if he even enjoyed that. it, like, you know? Like, by the time you're at, like, the 16th restaurant, are you just, like, trying to break the record? Are you even, even enjoying the courses at this point? I don't know. I feel like I'd love to go on this train. <laughs> you wouldn't be exhausted? Only because... Oh uh, yes, I mean, but like, listen. If I could do a week out of like eating and drinking till oh three a.m. Uh, for my birthday, <laughs> I mean, this it's is just one day. Fine. So, eighteen, 18 places in one day. I, I, I got this. Plus, I just, I just love this type of food so much that these little like happy bites. Yeah, yeah. Right. Especially, especially, I, I didn't know. even know there was a Guinness. Uh, record holding for that you know i didn't even <laughs> oh my god there's a guinness record holding for and everything if you could think of it there's a, there's a there's a record holding i was part of the most subway sandwiches eaten what in like x amount of time yeah i've been part of what two or three of them and i can't remember what they are that's yeah i got paid interesting i remember the one i got paid for <laughs> and it was by subway for the most eaten subway by sandwiches. one person no, by like an, oh, an entire gosh. group of people. Wow, I didn't even think about that as a competition. That's crazy. Or the most Subway sandwiches made. I Still, it's a lot of sandwiches. But the but the uh, the coin. I bet. Yeah, we are here this, for right? it. We're absolutely here for it. Yeah, we're we're here for it. You know what? And uh, you know what? Not everybody can afford to eat at no, but five hundred dollars for that. He's been planning for months. So he didn't even spend. I was yeah. honestly thinking he was gonna spend like three thousand dollars. Yeah, truth. But I mean, for for like, if you really just wanted to go to a Michelin star restaurant for a taste, of yeah, something, it's pretty cute. Like, and the reservations, you had to make them. The planning it takes just to even get the book on, you know, on the books is crazy. So yeah, yeah we're definitely yeah. here for sometimes it. Sometimes you could pop in and just sit at the bar for a twenty-eight dollar mm, mm. caviar. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Firefighters were up to their knees in melted butter following a dairy factory fire. What? That's hard to say. Dairy factory Dairy factory fire. That is a tough one. <laughs> Wait, but melted butter is so hot. I know. First and foremost, I just want to start with no injuries were okay. reported and the blaze is out. And thankfully, everybody who's there uh, got out in time and everybody's safe. So... You know, and we are happy for that. And shout out to our, you know, our service, our fire service people out there 
or unsung heroes, really. Amen. But apparently, um, a blaze broke out at Associated Associated Milk Producers Inc. in the tiny town of Portage, Wisconsin, <laughs> causing a slow but steady stream of melted butter to flow straight into a nearby canal. It's not funny, not the canal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my ass would have been out there, right? With some with some good brioche. That's, that's hilarious, honestly. Actually, no, that's not funny. Not the canal. That's terrible. But like melted <laughs> butter, fire, that just seems like, that seems unreal. How do you even it's, clean that up? Well, again. How do, think, how do you even clean that I don't, up? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an entire not funny disaster that's kind of funny, right? And and again, it's only funny because everybody is safe. Yes. Nobody got hurt. Thank goodness. But know? how slippery are things going to be after? <laughs> oh, God. So the fire started in a room where butter was being stored, and as it was heated, it began to flow throughout the structure. The butter runoff and heavy smoke allowed slowed access to the structure. After multiple hours with many crews, the fire was contained and extinguished uh, before it could spread. Great. But um, the sheer volume of melted butter flowing through the building proved to be one of the biggest challenges. When we first tried to go up the stairs to that part that collapsed, this stuff, uh, the butter was running down like three inches thick on the step. Oh, get the So the guys were up to their knees uh, trying to go up the steps to get a top... uh, as they're trying to drag the hose line, the hose line got so full of butter they couldn't hang on to it anymore. This this could have been crazy, crazy dangerous, you know. Three inches of melted butter. You know, I I wonder if I guess it would have caused mo- more smoke if like they went to like the local grocery store and started to throw like popcorn kernels on it Just to soak it up. up. You know. How- to soak it up. <laughs> Three inches on the stairs. How did they even manage to go up the stairs at all? Like or or like bread, bread, bread like you know, it takes soaking bread. Would soaking bread burn? I uh, like this is this is why this is funny because it's like funny, like hot, like hee hee, not funny hot. Not to, not know. to mention, how do you even get butter out of the drywall? <laughs> I don't know. Like, how do you get butter out of the sewage canals? Because talk about yeah, a fat Oh, my bird. God, yes. Oh, see, that is, that's, it's a whole plumbing it's situation now. It's a whole ecosystem yes. situation. Yeah. Uh, a delicious <laughs> ecosystem situation. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, meanwhile, it, it was trend, uh, butter candles were trending yeah. on TikTok. Yeah, they were. They were a terrible idea. You know what? Uh, right, I don't know. We are not here for this, but we are here for everyone yes. being safe and for our, for our fire members out there. And last but not least, this adorable California town will pay you to eat there all month long. Oh my God! Wait till you hear about this. Wait, they'll pay so, you to eat there all month long. Yes, on January 2nd, the city of San Luis Obispo and the San Luis Obispo Chamber of Commerce launched its Eat Local Business Program, which rewards diners for visiting locally owned restaurants, cafes, breweries, and coffee shops. Anyone who spends $100 on food and beverages at those local spots can submit their receipts 
to receive a $25 gift card that can be redeemed at an, another local business. Oh. Isn't that cool? That is so cute. I love that. If I lived there, I'd show I'd me the receipts. All the time. All the I'd time. be one of the Atlanta housewives with a binder. You know, yeah. A and, like, and also small businesses, like they're making a come up again. Like supporting yeah. small businesses and small town things like that. That's super cute. And you would have probably already spent $100 is not even that much that they're asking for. No. You know what to spend on? You, you go out to a nice dinner, bing, bang, boom. Yeah. There's 100 bucks. Oh, it's really 75 because you can use it to $25 elsewhere. I love that. Yeah. That's and super if you cute. Don't, and if you don't need the money, you know, leave a little bit more in tip. And then. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Isn't that fantastic? I love the idea of that. I love this, the good vibes of this. You know, both permanent residents and temporary visitors are eligible for the Eat Local Business Program, oh. which runs through the end of January or until funds are exhausted. Multiple receipts may be submitted to reach the $100 total, and individuals can collect up to three $25 gift cards before the promotion ends. Wow. I, that's so cute. I just love this. This was so feel good, yeah. you know? A shout out to Food and Wine, who are not a sponsor, but they keep me in the know with all my food news. And I think that's the perfect way to end food news update. I love that. <laughs> you know, feel good, feel good food news is what I guess it was about today. And butter. I don't know, but I'm gonna keep, <laughs> I'm gonna keep thinking about that butter situation. You know, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna need an update. I'm gonna need a cleanup update because that really <laughs> is too much. Well, you know what? I'm sure the uh, the uh, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated AMPI plant has a newsletter that you could subscribe to mm. if you looked hard enough. You know, so that one put that put that on your New Year's resolution. Yes, list figure how to read uh, that the update on that. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what's next for you? Um, so right now I really want to focus on um the charcuterie store that I have opening up in Quakertown. Um the soft opening is February 5th. I you know I'm I'm encouraging everybody to RSVP. Um, but I just really want to um focus on that and really try to get other vendors to um amplify their social medias. Like I want to help other my vendors. Oh, fantastic question. So for one, um, I was really struggling with teaching other people how to cook because um, I'm, I'm self-taught myself. So, so many of my skills were intuitive. So it was very difficult for me to transfer that to other people. But charcuterie wasn't really cooking. So teaching people how to make them and how to how to make that was really easy and really fun. Um, secondly, there's no cooking involved. There's no actual cooking. It's really just a lot of food preparation, which is just awesome. Um, uh, it's also super cute and I don't see a lot of people of color doing it. And I love the fact that I'm a person of color doing it and doing it really, really well. Um, I'm getting known for that. Um, and I think lastly is that it really feeds our inner child as millennials. Like if you have ADHD or you're neuro spicy, like I can't think of a, of a more fun thing to eat than a whole bunch of random shit on a board. Like that is yeah. the, the epitome of like our snack time and I'm here for it. <laughs> Neuro spicy. No I am. Spicy. <laughs> I am gonna take that. I need a. Sh I need a T-shirt that that says this Neuro, Neuro spicy. spicy. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Lord knows, I love me some charcuterie. I love yes. it. I love it. Yes. I love it. 
Um, it's my favorite. Well, that's fabulous. What made you think of it? Um, so before, um, I wanted to, um, do kind of like a French, um, cuisine. Like that's where I thought I wanted my food to kind of go. Um, and one of the major parts of uh, French cuisine is the charcuterie experience. Um, and as like the trendiness kind of went on, you know, and more people started eating it, we really just started to realize that, you know, it's not just a cured meat, which is actually what real charcuterie is, but all of the fun cheeses and all the fun snacks that go along with it. Um, I just kind of felt like this was a really good, um, portion of the course that can fill people up. And then I can kind of, um, you know, keep them distracted. Like I can, while they're eating that, like, especially when you're cooking a personal chef, you start giving people food. And if you don't have something for them to snack on right away, they're like, Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? What's they're like, they're all over the place. So giving them this little distraction, it's perfect. But French usually do it at the end of the meal. And I was like, well, I'm going to be different. Of course, I'm going to do it at the beginning of the meal so that these clients can be out of my hair and they can just you know, sit there and salivate over cheese and meats while I'm actually doing the cooking. And it's just such a great practice because they really are sustained by it for like an hour. They can just sit there and eat cheese and crackers and not bother me while I'm making a wonderful dinner for them. So, yeah. absolutely. I also feel like if you have a very well mapped out board that it gives people the sense that they're actually creating you know, mm-hmm. or, or quote unquote cooking in the sense of like, you know, ooh, what does this cheese? Yeah, with the combination. Like yeah, yeah. Like the and they like, love that. The more you have, yes, yeah, like oh, there's a there's a spicy honey with this. Yeah, I, I've never had that. Oh, I'm being so adventurous. Adventurous, <laughs> yes. The amount of people who've never had fig jam is honestly a shame. It's honestly yeah, like it's honestly, or, it's uh, it's a shame. Like fig jam or should be paste. A, a, yes. Yes, like these things are should be should be staples. They should be our ketchup, you know. You know? <laughs> so I love that. I absolutely they should be our ketchup. <laughs> I don't really like ketchup. Anymore, no, but you but... know it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it sure as hell is. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I love that. Well, I wanted to thank you so much again for being here and, you know, again, giving me of your time. What a special, special day this was with you. And I'm happy that you're part of my big gay food village yes, now. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Give the kids all the handles, where they can find you, where they can find the charcuterie, all of it, please. Okay, so you can, um, my website is mangerwithmoyesllc.com. You can just put me in Google. Um, it's everywhere. And all of my social medias is at Chef Moise, M-O-I-S-E. Um, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram, especially on TikTok. Please uh, go follow me on there. And my charcuterie store, Board All the Time, is in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. And uh, you can email me at chefservices at mangermoyes.com. And you can rent the space and have a charcuterie experience. And I can also travel to you um, and we can have a wonderful charcuterie experience. I service Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, uh, Maryland, and Delaware. I love that. Oh, she's a traveler. Oh, yes, chef. we are all here. It's like, it's like Vada Vick. I mean, she, goes, she comes with the show in the back of the truck. 
Oh my goodness. Big shout out to Chef Moise again. I love that. I'm going to link out all those things in the liner notes. In your mouth, listeners, what are you going to do without me for two weeks? <laughs> I mean, life will go on. It will. Right? Rewatch old episodes. <laughs> you could. I'm not even, I'm telling you, I'm not bringing this darn computer with No, me. you just, I'm no, not, not at all. I'm not. not. I won't. I'm not even going to upload old episodes just to fill in the time. Do you know where you're I'm going? Yeah, you're going it. to Fifi Island? I'm going to Bangkok, Bangkok. then Phuket, then, then Bangkok. Yes. Phuket, um, I, I think personally Phuket is better. Um, it is just, it's more small town. It's not as like crazy and big and all that stuff going on. They're both wonderful, but Phuket is yeah. just a little bit more uh, Thailandy instead of touristy. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I've had friends say that it's very, it's a town that was like, made for backpackers because all these so many ba- so oh my trans- you're so oh my god the amount of yeah absolutely so they so they said like people are changing their reservations last minute all, all the, time. the time so they they were like we wouldn't be surprised if you want to spend more time in in Phuket or whatnot so whatever it is a blessing and it was a gift for myself for my birthday so that is so fantastic it's what, it's what we're doing and my gift to the audience is you then chef please oh, right so sweet. because because uh, you're you're the last one before the vacation so i love that um take care of yourselves uh if you want to follow my thailand adventures you know where to find me at the kitchen gaily that it'll be all on my main right and that's linked out at in your mouth pod on the instagrams i usually forget about tiktok because i just forget because i'm old i guess and Don't forget. other than that stay safe out there be kind to yourself if you if you mess up on the resolutions just start again you can always start again. i love that and with that all i have to say Thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth!